Hello, everybody. Happy December. Welcome back to the Fiscal Frisk. I'm your host, Zach Hunter. Nothing puts people in the holiday spirit like good music. And what you heard for that intro music was good music. Go stream Chase Drew. He is available on all streaming platforms. Uh, that reminds me of the saying it was from Elf. He says the best way to spread Christmas cheer is to, you know, singing loudly sing for all to hear cheer. whatever yeah. it is. So there we go. So <laughs> go, go sing along. <laughs> go sing along with Chase. Thank you. With me today, as always, I have the amazing Devin Box as my co-host. Now we've, we're going to continue the Christmas questions. So oh, my yeah. question for today is, do you like to give gifts more or receive them? Oh, giving gifts. Uh, and, I, and I don't like I I don't say that as like one of those cliche like I'm a giver. I genuinely yeah. like, I'm the kind of person like I love making food because it's like you, you should see, see this guy. You, you see should, the enjoyment yeah, on people's face. That. So it's like Christmas is like that on steroids. Yeah. Like you you got me this. I'm just like, yeah, I knew. <laughs> That's great. Now Devin's gift to all the listeners is his gift of knowledge mm. over on the Health Science Podcast. Go check him out every Thursday talks about the leading research in health science and what it means to us. It's the best gift anyone could ever ask for. If you're new, welcome to the Fiscal Frisk. This is a podcast dedicated to taking literature relating to finance and business, frisking it down and making it understandable for everyone, including Devin. Devin is here to act on behalf of the viewers, to ask questions when needed or seek clarifications. Let's dive in right into today's episode. This topic was actually suggested by a friend from my undergrad. So thanks, Sam, for the article. And Devin, as we know, the housing market in Canada has been insanely high. It makes <laughs> us wonder if me and you will ever, or any young professional for that matter, will be ever able to afford a house. Earlier in the summer, uh, because of the pandemic, some of the big banks in Canada, Canada got rid of the HELOC loans, so the home equity line of credit. Uh, to kind of stop the growth in the housing market. But that really did not impact the housing market. As we can see over all summer, the houses are still going over, I think on average about 40 to 60,000 over the asking price. Jeez Louise. We had one, um, it was uh, on sale on our street, go mm -hmm. for like over 400 K. Yeah. And it's like, and know, I think it was on, like it was on for like 360, wasn't it? And then like it sold for like 420, yeah. 440. So it the was one, like the one that just 80. recently went up. I think it just sold. They, they originally put it at 380, mm -hmm. which again was 20 grand less than like a house two doors down. So I think they were looking for a bidding war or something yeah. to get going. Well, and then like the crazy <coughs> thing is like the one on my street was like three. Did it sell the one at the cul-de-sac there? Yeah, for like four eighty or something, and it was oh. on for like four twenty. So again, sixty thousand. And oh we God. live in London, with like in Ontario, so like it's a very different market, like say than like Toronto or like Vancouver or anything. So, you know what the taxes are higher here? I looked that up the other day. There's different, mm. uh, like kind of average. Yeah, and then that's all municipal. Is uh, property taxes all like, fall under even compared mi municipal to municipal legislation? Like the GTA, yep. if you actually look at it, most of it's cheap. Well, it's because we have more I mean, municipal, uh, like support groups and like uh, other stuff, like sure. garbage collection and all the other stuff. Yeah, so programs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so that brings us into today's topic, and I think it was yesterday, or actually, so today's Wednesday. So actually. It'd be Tuesday, so December 1st. Um, the Liberal government announced, so this is federal, it plans over the next year to tax foreign homeowners who live outside of Canada, obviously, and it is their first step in a multi-tiered system to lower housing prices. 
Now, it's important to note that people have been begging for a policy like this for the last couple of years, especially in metropolitan, like really big cities like Toronto, Vancouver. Uh, so like Ontario, B.C., uh, because those are the highest housing markets in Canada right now. Well, I know, you know, the reason I have been whining about that too is like if you ever wanted to get into real estate and you want to make money on it, um, it's like the tax rate for capital gains or something on, on a house is like 50%. Mm-hmm. Like if you buy a house, renovate it and straight up sell it and for more money, you literally like the difference between those is like, it's within a certain time period. It's like 50% is crazy. So you actually are limited in the amount of money you can make. And I know people yeah. do, they remortgage and they kind of like the burr method. Yeah. They keep their money in it. Yeah. So you never actually are pulling out all the money at once yep. to, to finance something else. You just have air quote equity or you have more equity. Yeah. And then that's what we talk about too is Canada has a really big money laundering issue where people like foreigners can use like their wealth, which is illegitimate funds to hide their wealth in foreign properties such as Canada, because we don't have the strict rules yeah. and they're able to make money and just have equity in houses. Right. I guess the reason they have those, uh, those policies like 50% tax or crazy taxes is to do that to limit like so it's yeah. just not profitable for someone to just dump money in yeah flip stuff and then leave right you have to actually because they're not even there and we talk again there. we talk about later is some provinces have had certain policies put into place like vacancy uh taxes because mm. if you're not actually there because there has just been like people will just dump all this money and literally have empty houses everywhere again just to yeah. have the equity right it's crazy when you get into kind of the nitty-gritty of you know yeah fiscal and frisk we're looking at policies there we go right but yeah. like you know for the average person i find it really fascinating right like knowing what well, why is it the way it is right all these right. regulations and i think canada is notorious for having a lot of red tape around stuff but you know having good policies like hopefully we talk about, you know, mm-hmm. where they actually can differentiate. They can, they can govern without suffocating. Well, right? this, those are really interesting. This article does a really good job because it talks about like a whole bunch of benefits and negatives because a lot of people just think it's just a big benefit because like just as an average Canadian be like finally affordable housing. But like, as you can see, like kind of below the surface level, this actually might not be the best policy. So yeah. like, on the surface level, obviously you see it and you're just like, Oh yay, affordable housing. But like, there's a lot more that goes into it. And this job does, uh, this article does a really good job of talking about all the different impacts. Right. There's, so. there's a difference between like the intended, yeah. you know, <laughs> the Oh yeah. I go, I go on it near the what end. It actually does. Yeah. So, so it's a part of a two-part plan. The first part is to increase tax on foreign home buyers, and the second is to increase the first-time home buyers of Canadians. So by doing both of these, um, it will make the market a little more affordable, or at least that's what the plan is. Yeah. Uh, there has been other ways on how the provinces have tried to combat this, and like I said earlier, so BC has the vacancy tax, which people would just buy houses just to hide their wealth or their money and money laundering. And we call this the integration stage because people use Canada to bring their illegitimate funds and purchase assets such as property to bring legitimacy to these funds. Uh, they actually call Canada the snow washing country on like the global scale because of how easy it is to turn dirty funds into clean money. Really? Like the snow <laughs> in Canada, specifically the real estate market has been really bad meaning these laws are much needed to kind of stop money laundering. Uh, Devin, how much do you think just in 2019, the vacancy tax raised in BC? How much it raised? Yeah, in dollar figures. In 
dollar figure. It's millions, just to let you know. Yeah, I mean, I was going to guess something big. Um, I don't know, 200 million. 115. So okay, that's just okay. one little, like one little tax, just like for people who are not even living in the homes that they purchase. This is just money that BC has just collected just for taxing that. I just think that's just absurd. There's more that, people doing it. Yeah. I just <laughs> like, and like, so what this did in Vancouver was it actually dropped the housing percent, uh, the housing market, sorry, by 5.6%. For, uh, in the first part of 2019 because of the increase in taxes. And the issue is some economists believe that this foreign buyer's tax is not just the silver bullet for affordability. If the Canadian government really cared about the affordability of the housing market, it's going to take a lot more than just these two policies. So we're going to talk about what that means. Um, what this doesn't take into account is it would actually really hurt spots like tourist spots in Canada that actually benefit from travelers owning vacation homes. So there is any policy, it's important to look at the cost benefit analysis because implementing this new policy, it really alienates like Canadian cities from being a tourist destination as it no longer makes it affordable for vacation homes. So that kind of brings out the Rocky Mountains or like Jasper or anything like that. So anyone who wants to have a vacation home, it actually just makes it not affordable for them. Yeah. Like, I, I'd have to look at the policy too. Cause it's like, could you just like Airbnb it out for like a couple of months of the year and then like get around it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like what's the time period on how long it's vacant before you pay tax on like there'd be some way around it too, but at, at that, that's an extra layer of complexity. Like right. if you just wanted to own a house. Well, and then here's the other one too, was, and I'd never even thought about this, is you have to look at how much the foreign suppliers actually can impact the market. So cities like Calgary and Edmonton, foreign-based buyers don't actually have enough capital to impact the overall home prices. It really only impacts the huge urban centers such as the GTA or Vancouver uh, because the supply is so slim. So it just goes back to basic supply and demand in a, in uh, for like most economists would say is because of the aging demographic, there's just more supply of houses in the market. And if there isn't enough demand, the like the houses prices, the houses prices drop because there's more supply than there is demand. So that's what's happening in like Calgary, Edmonton, because foreign buyers don't have like there's not enough of them to increase demand, which is how you get the higher prices. But then you go to a city like Vancouver or Toronto, which is where most of them do have the high housing issues, is there's too much demand and not enough supply. So even with the aging demographic, there's still more demand than there is supply of the houses, which is dragging that house prices up. Yeah, you'd have to imagine like people look at this and they go, oh, it's a big issue. But like it'd be a big issue for like urban centers. Like it really, yeah. it was really, I don't know. I don't think, I mean, I haven't checked, but. I wouldn't think that like if you just bought a house in the middle of nowhere that like the price would just be like crazily inflated. Yeah. Right. It, it really depends on that geographical location. Exactly. And the other part, and again, I didn't even think about this was giant apartment complexes or buildings, which typically really helps out the Canadian economy because a lot goes into the construction contracts, uh, ongoing condo fees to employ landscaping companies or uh, like any of those companies or just employees in general. So a lot of Canada's like complex buildings are foreign companies that have investment in Canada. And so again, the tax 
kind of it doesn't have any incentive for them because what was profitability at one point which helps out the canadian economy because technically they are foreign home buyers even though they're construction companies they now have to pay crazy higher taxes which overall does not help the canadian economy Interesting. And, then, yeah. and then this goes into kind of what we talked about in the last podcast about the national securities regulation and it and it kind of ties everything in together was the national versus provincial rule. So what we talk about is the housing market really falls under provincial rule. So is it a national crisis? Like, do we need a national program like this for uh, foreign homeowners to get taxed, even though it's only really affecting two, like two big cities? Did the national government really need to come in and implement this? Is it actually going to help, or should have this, or should this have been left for the provincial governments to choose? Yeah, that's interesting because I, I feel like you know Ontario and BC would be the only ones that would stick out. Right, would really need some kind of serious measures. But I, yeah. I always kind of like to think stuff future proof it right. Like, where do you see the growth happening? And I think London's kind of a good example of kind of a weird in between city where. You know, we're, we're growing and things are pretty darn expensive, but it's not, it's not Toronto yet, right? Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not like that. I don't, I don't know if it will ever be or how long it would take. There's a lot of kind of, you know, policies and, and history in London that have limited certain growth, but, uh, and we've commented on this, I think on the fiscal frisk before, but the amount of apartment buildings and, and like development that's going on downtown is, is actually nice. I have not seen it in my lifetime. Yep. Talbot street is going crazy. They have another yeah, one. They have like four on the go right another now. Another one closer to Oxford street. Now that's going up. There was a vacant lot. And I remember the, the plot had the big construction sign. I don't know if it was Cushman and Wakefield. Right. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, for development use. Um, and it'd been like that for years, years. And now they're starting, they got the bulldozers out. They're digging the foundation. So there's been a lot of, stuff going on too. So London might be in kind of a period. So it might be a good time for London and for other cities that are transitioning to kind of look into this stuff, but having a, a, a gov- like a federal government kind of blanket covering everything might not be the best approach. Right. Yeah. Again. So like countries like Manitoba or uh, out East, like they wouldn't benefit from this or like it because they're more of a tourist place would they actually benefit from that? And then we talk about a little bit later is say like if you're a young professional who like travels across Canada, like say in other provinces other than Ontario and BC, you can like purchase multiple homes and there's enough housing to support that. But it's only that we see in like these big urban centers that we have this issue. So, and then the other part, and it goes into our next uh, portion, I thought this was really interesting, is their, the whole government plan was to increase the first home buyer's incentive and increase foreign tax uh, for like homeowners. In BC, since the introduction of the vacancy land tax, there was actually a de- decrease in the amount of first-time home buyer's incentives were being used. So does this even actually help the affordability at all? So the increase in tax led to a decrease so like obviously we can't talk about the correlation because we don't know but as of right now so it would just be an inverse relationship but again we don't know the actual causation of them yeah they're related could be something else but at the same time you know if the purpose was to do the opposite of it yeah and (laughs) so it's not actually helping affordability which is the master plan so seem to be and so the main issue and the final point i kind of want to bring up is the importance on to talk about 
why further taxation on foreign home buyers. Um, it helps like the main goal of increasing the supply of housing because it will actually like maybe reduce the supply of housing. And this is because it would discourage builders and investors potentially. Cause like we said about like the foreign for making, uh, like apartment complexes or like anywhere to make, like you said, like downtown London is popping off right now with developments because like they know there's enough demand in the market to buy those houses. So yeah. if there's not enough demand, there's going to, they're not going to keep building. And then there's going to be more demand in the market just in general. And then there's not enough houses, which increases yeah. price again, which again, gets away from the point of the policy yeah. of making it more affordable. It is not affordable. Yeah. So instead of decreasing demand, they just decreased the supply, which therefore increases the demand, <laughs> which increases price. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how economics works. Oh, I know <laughs> like we're going to do this. The world. Mm-mm. Yeah. It's just the opposite. Cause like you think like what you're trying to do makes sense, but actually what you do is the opposite and then it actually increases prices and it yeah. leads us right back to the same position. Funny how things work. So we try not to get political on here, but, and this is all speculation at this point, but I think there's a few points to highlight. Canada has been scrutinized on a global scale. Cause like I said about our lack of anti-money laundering, especially in the real estate market. So this actually might have nothing to do with affordability in the housing market, but it could be more trying to address and to appease people on a global scale because obviously we have our global agenda. So it could be something else instead of affordability. And if we think about the main voting group for our national demographic and if housing prices become affordable in air quotations on the outside, it makes it look good on the national government for stepping in, even though say it's a housing bubble right now and then just eventually it pops. It has nothing to do with the uh, foreign tax. It looks good on the national government for stepping in and implementing a tax. Yeah, so, like I, the, the liberal government I know in Ontario before they uh, the PCs got in where they, 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 you could tell in their policies, at least at a provincial level, that they were they decided to cater to the younger group. Like the yep. students were there. That was their target. Right. And that might be kind of happening on a on a national scale. Um, well, and think about where most of the young professionals are are in big urban centers like they typically yeah. go to Toronto, Vancouver. So if you make housing more affordable in these places, you get more of the vote. And as we know, in politics, it's very common. If you're a politician, you do whatever you can to get reelected. So well, in this case, that makes in this case, like it, it seems contrary to what they set out to do like what, yeah. what happens with it and you know it'll be interesting to kind of see how it plays out you know on a uh, on a bigger scale in this case because and, and that too being political sometimes it's not about making the the change it's about it's about an appearance right like yeah and that's my that's the main thing and the main ending point is it it's sometimes about policy has actually nothing to do with what the policy actually does. It's having a policy in place because okay. on, on like the surface he's doing something. Like I, I always look at, I don't know the details on this, but it was, there was some incentive with the first home buyer thing that they would match your down payment. Yep. But in Ontario, 
on Ontario, but you couldn't ever get uh, a down payment more than 20% or something, like the total. So if you put in whatever amount. Yeah, it was 10% total, for used. It'd be and like 19 and a half or something percent at the end. Yep. And if you don't know, in, in Ontario, I don't know if it's everywhere, there's mortgage insurance. So you actually have to pay a fee monthly to retain a mortgage if you are a quote, higher risk person. So if you don't put down over 20% on a house. Yeah, because you're higher risk of default. You're yeah. throwing more money into the garbage, which is absurd because why would a bank give you a mortgage if they thought you were unfit to pay it back? Like, like I could be a multi-billionaire, be like, yeah, I'm putting 10% down. They'd be like, well, we go to tack on mortgage insurance because we don't know if you can pay for it back. Isn't that the bank's job? <laughs> but anyway, I'm thinking the first time home buyer incentive was like, oh, we'll match whatever you put on it. But then it forces you to be under a down payment amount so that you have to pay more per month than if you just had 20% to put down. Yeah. And <laughs> like, and this is where my brain goes. I'm such a finance head is think about how low the interest rates are is the government or the banks, which is the government doesn't make money because of low interest rates. Like they're making a lot less money. So how do they make more money to make up for their huge federal deficits that we're going to have over the next 10 years? Foreign tax is one of the best ways to increase revenue for the government because they're not getting increased taxes, at least for right now. And if interest rates are so low, they're not making money off Canadian mortgages. So then you add a foreign tax, increase government revenue. Like like yeah. that, again, that's just where my brain goes. Like, I don't think about affordability. I think of <laughs> what is the actual agenda, right? It was a given, a given a take, right? Like who's, yeah. Yeah, and like, that's the thing that we, I just want to highlight um, is you have to do, your homework on these policies because on all scales it is a good thing in general if you just see it in a headline but it goes way beyond that and like you know in health sciences people can really skew the results or whatever it may be like drinking red wine makes you healthier or whatever like on the surface level you're just like oh that's so cool i can drink red wine but like if you look at the actual science behind it like there's no actual proof or anything like that and like we can obviously see that here so just be smart about what you see on headlines or whatever it may be and do the actual research. Yeah. I think, I think too, is like, don't jump the gun on, on stuff. Like if, if, especially a politician, <laughs> yeah. if anyone does something and they say, well, this is my intention. Um, intentions oftentimes aren't really, well, you don't hang your hat on that and be like, Oh, well I like this politician or I like this policy or I like this, whatever it is that you like just based on intentions. Like, what does it actually do? Mm -hmm. I mean, in this case, yeah, the history, the track record doesn't seem perfect. Um, and we'll have to kind of see how it plays out. And then you can speculate on. Yeah, what, exactly. You know, and we have no idea what would actually happen because maybe it will make ho like housing affordable, Could. right? We don't actually know the impact on the policy. So I'm excited to see how that goes. Yeah. Um, Devin is now first aid certified. So he is another step closer to becoming a doctor. Go check him out every Thursday <laughs> on the Health Science Podcast. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of The Fiscal Frisk. As always, go che check out Chase Drew's music. And from Devin and I, have a great day, and we will see you next week for another episode of The Fiscal Frisk.